The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Asthma is the most chronic respiratory disease in Ireland, affecting both children and adults, with hundreds of thousands of people affected by the disease. Now, today is World Asthma Day, and we're joined in studio by Eilish Nihania, CEO of the Asthma Society, and Professor Marcus Butler, consultant in respiratory medicine at St. Vincent's Hospital. You're both very welcome. Given the hundreds of thousands of people who are affected by this, um, our listeners should be all ears in huge numbers. Tell me about asthma what is it first of all how is it diagnosed so asthma and thank you for having us on pat it's a very common disease as you said it's an inflammation of the inner lining of the airways that causes symptoms that vary greatly in frequency and intensity and the chief four symptoms are cough breathlessness wheeze and chest tightness now, uh, when I was growing up, very few people you'd hear about had asthma. Now we tend to hear of a lot more people with asthma. Is that a change in the diagnostic criteria or is it a, a rise in the incidence? I think it's a bit of both. Um, so it's an excellent point. There's certainly greater awareness now about asthma, but there's also uh, a series of data internationally that have shown a rise in the prevalence of asthma in the second half of the 20th century. We think that this coincided with Western ways of living, uh, a cleaner lifestyle, um, as well as uh, people taking so the, the immune indoors. system not trained up uh, by dirt, basically. potentially less vitamin D exposure as well, okay. because that matches with parts of the world where there's even higher incidence of asthma, um, and then greater detection and awareness for sure. Yes. Yeah. Now uh, I, I know that it can be fatal if an attack comes at, at a time when it cannot be treated. So tell me about what happens in that situation. Yeah, tragically, there's about one person a week in this country dying from asthma. And you don't, it, they often make the headlines when they talk to the media, but oftentimes it's a very shared private grief that doesn't make it into the media. And most of these deaths, not all of them, but most of them are avoidable, a tiny fraction, no matter what care the patient had, uh, they, they, through no fault of their own, death can visit them. But usually it's preventable. There are risk factors such as being repeatedly hospitalised and um, having to be to intensive care unit in the past, never using preventer medication and relying on the blue inhaler that are so commonly used like Ventolin which on their own are a dangerous uh, tactic in the long run. In the short term you feel great but in the long run you can pay a a serious price for using that is your only sole form of treatment. So the the best kind of treatment for someone with um, moderate to severe asthma is to be on a long term medication and use the the puffers as kind of uh, instant relief when you have an attack. Well, yes. Well, I mean, the preventers come in puffers form as well. So okay. uh, and the reason of that for that is that the, it's the safest way to get the drug exactly where it needs to go. Um, and so people should take it very seriously. A lot of people sort of relegate an inhaler to just like, you know, a spray or something. And it's not that important. And in fact, it should they should conceive of it as tablets in a brown bottle with a white lid, you know, and, and the okay. way of getting because it to the lungs. We've been talking it. a lot about vaccination, oral vaccination, for example, and nasal vaccination for COVID because it gets the vaccine to the, the, the part that needs it most and you're saying we should look at an inhaler in exactly that way correct it it's gets been to the part that needs it highly sophisticated science through multiple pharmaceutical companies and and uh, universities over the years have resulted in this method of delivery of the drug that to the safest way uh, and at the, at the right dosing and preventer drugs have anti-inflammation properties that can keep a patient safe and free them from this risk of death as long as they combine it with the use of a written asthma action plan which we endorse and you can get at the asthma.ie website Okay, now uh, the the numbers. Uh, I, I should ask you, Eilish, uh, as CEO of the Asthma Society, what are the numbers? How many people have asthma that uh, would be diagnosed as as such by the medical profession? Because there are people who often say I have a touch of asthma, and I'm not sure whether it is or not. 
Sure. So currently 380,000 people in Ireland have asthma and uh, 890,000 are likely to develop it over their lifetime. So there is a high prevalence in Ireland, relatively speaking. Uh, and and uh, it's really, really key that uh, people take the messaging that uh, Dr. Butler has yeah. given very seriously. Now, is, is it the case then that uh, anyone who needs an inhaler is someone who's asthma and someone who's never prescribed an inhaler by a doctor does not have asthma. Is that a So you, you've touched very well on the point that asthma is both underdiagnosed and overdiagnosed. Yeah. There is a lot of liberal dispensing of asthma inhalers with a half-baked plan of treatment by very busy doctors uh, without verifying that the diagnosis is in fact correct because that's high, highly damaging. It has damaged the field of asthma over the years by, by lowering the, the level of respect in a way that the, the condition merits. Uh, yeah. And it's very tragic when you talk to families that have had death visited on them, how they are they're upset about this point that it's not taken seriously and oftentimes because of the fact that it has not been objectively confirmed through measuring variable expiratory airflow over time which we can do with So there is a scientific way of definitively saying this person has asthma Absolutely it's a process rather than a one-off test none of our tests are capable to diagnose it accurately enough in one instance usually but over a series of short period of time it can you can arrive at a very firm and objectively verified diagnosis of asthma Now that question of overdiagnosis how does that come about is it that a child uh, has a wheezy chest and then oh that's asthma. Certainly in the first five years of life for example it's very very common to have uh, wheeze. Uh, we think that's virally mediated. I'm not a paediatrician but this is well accepted in the field of asthma that it's uh, it should, one should exercise caution in using the label asthma for these episodes early in life. Now it may be that in fact short term use of an anti-inflammatory reliever but temporarily and only short term during that bad bout of wheezing before the age of five may be useful um, and there's more science uh, underway to try and d- delve into that but uh, after the age of five it should be possible uh, through a series of breathing tests and other specialised tests to arrive at objective support for the diagnosis. I mean, if it's a viral thing uh, in the past, kids would be allowed to wheeze their way through it. Well, certainly under the age of five, but we should bear in in mind, and it's in our action plan, uh, that uh, patients oftentimes the first sign of their asthma waking up is when it's stimulated or triggered by a viral illness. So typically the story is that a head cold will go to the chest of an asthma patient where it'll just pass off in a couple of days to somebody who doesn't have asthma. Um, How familial is asthma? There's a strong genetic influence on asthma, but it's not a, a single gene disorder the way that, for example, cystic fibrosis would be. It's a, it, it's a small influence of multiple genes that varies from population to population, from ethnicity group to another. Um, but it certainly plays a strong role. And a lot of people know that asthma runs in certain families, for example. Okay. Now, Eilish, I want to come to your survey because um, given that it may be familial, you might have more than one person in the family with asthma. And this becomes a burden in terms of treatment. Yeah, so uh, asthma presents across all demographics, age, gender, ethnicity, uh, but is most likely, is most predominant among the most disadvantaged in our society. So among travellers, among people living in homelessness uh, and and people on lower income levels. And we conducted a survey on the run up to Asthma Awareness Week of 1,294 people with asthma or perhaps their child has asthma. And the findings really were very stark. So 96% confirmed that they had received or they had been prescribed medications, but 
45% of them said they had forgone their medications in the last three months due to financial constraints. 65% said that they have been had difficulty making ends meet and uh, and a further almost 50% said that they were having difficulty in paying for um, their mortgage, their rent, their utility bills and, and loan repayments in the last 12 months. So it seems that it's becoming more and more difficult to afford to have asthma. Okay, now, uh, what's available on the GMS, for example? I mean, if someone has a medical card, do they get all their asthma medications free? Uh, sadly, no. Uh, so on the medical card, yes. Yes, medical on the card. medical card, yes. So for those lucky holders of that, that golden ticket, the medical card, there is a barrier, an important barrier to asthma care removed. We know from around the world that people who don't have their medicines covered by, uh, for example, by the government, they have higher rates of flare-ups of asthma and death from asthma. So we would be pushing to have asthma and have been for years to be added to the long-term illness scheme, which would allow um, the, those people to benefit from having the preventers in particular, those medications that are life saving. And that would covered. be universal. In other words, they wouldn't be asking you what you earn. The possibility of inhaling dusts and particles and more concerned about hearing that the patient only takes blue inhaler f- when they need it at the odd time. Because unfortunately, e- elegant data has shown that up to 30% of asthma deaths happen to patients who have infrequent asthma symptoms, who think that perhaps just a blue inhaler from time to time is all I need. And most of those deaths happen at home before getting to emergency care. So it's capable of urgently and rapidly worsening. And a blue inhaler is not like saving without the use of a preventer based steroid based inhaler. Um, Should an 18 month old with frequent cough and who has been given an inhaler be seen by a consultant? I would recommend, first of all, going to a primary care specialist and if there's recurrent presentations or serious presentations to seek the help of uh, hospital uh, clinics and respiratory paediatrics that that are available throughout the country. Uh, I use a steroid and Ventolin mixed inhaler. Uh, The professor said Ventolin is dangerous long term. Can he clarify if used with the steroid, is that the case? So uh, to clarify, the Ventolin itself is not the danger. The danger is that it can mask the disease which continues to be unaddressed. I tell patients the analogy of you will feel better for your headache if you take paracetamol, but not if the headaches caused by a tumour, God forbid. And you would be none the wiser, uh, whereas uh, and similarly with the blue inhaler, you will relieve your breathlessness and wheeze and think you've addressed the problem, but the disease can still continue to swell. And and in fatal asthma, the airways are all blocked off by mucus and thickening of the lining. Uh, And a final one. Can you ask where children should be referred to to get a diagnosis? Should they should again start with their primary care doctor. Asthma can be diagnosed uh, with confidence in the community and in more difficult situations, it's appropriate to refer that diagnosis on to a specialist to confirm the diagnosis where it's in doubt. OK, and that uh, question of overdiagnosis and underdiagnosis, um, the GPs themselves have got to address that. I, I believe it, it's a lot of this is there's an under-resourcing of the, the primary test required, which is called spirometry, which is inadequately resourced as well in this country. All right. Well, look, uh, today is World Asthma Day and um, your your call, Eilish, is let's get this medication free of charge for everybody who needs it. That's right. And for people who have concerns about their asthma, they can contact our expert nurses on our advice line. It's a free callback service or to text our WhatsApp messaging service. They'll be talking directly to an expert okay. nurse. And where do they get them. details of those? So our advice line number is one 800 5464 and our WhatsApp number is 086-059-0132 and they're available on asthma.ie. 
asthma.ie will be the source of all information, I suspect. Look, thank you both very much for joining us. Professor Marcus Butler, consultant in respiratory medicine at St. Vincent's Hospital, and Eilish Nikonia, the CEO of the Asthma Society. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.